on dispensers of pets, poking out at the cons, renaissance fests, watch anime chicks with inflatable breasts. You might be a trekkie, <laughs> sit back and watch as the uber geek goes and kicks it up a notch. Turn to the letter F in your dictionary and add this word to your vocabulary. Take a look, cause I'm the real McCoy. Damn it, Jim, I'm not a doctor, I'm just the definition of a fanboy, Listen up, fanboy. It's the Fanboy Planet Podcast. And here he is, the zombie lord of elusive comics and games, Derek McCaw. Good evening. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of FanboyPlanet.com. You sound much too healthy for a zombie lord. I do. I feel too healthy to be a zombie lord. It is October 28th. At Elusive Comics and Games 2725 El Camino Real Suite 104 in Santa Clara, California, where we podcast on a mostly weekly basis. And we are joined tonight by, of course... We did skip a couple weeks there. We did. So I said mostly weekly. Yeah. Uh, We are joined tonight by, occasionally, our very own Shop Boy. Say hello to the people, Shop Boy. Hello, people. Silky-haired master of the cash register. And of course, slave to the customer. And and he's subbing in because tonight Lon Lopez is still working on his special project. That's what we call it. Anyway, uh, we'll let people know later. Do you want to know what the city of San Jose calls? No, uh, a felony. Uh, but anyway, and uh, and of course, uh, our moral compass and podcast producer, Rick Brett Snyder. Hey, there we go. All right, so um, you know, for Halloween we killed an eight lawn, so that was kind of the, you know the only scary thing we did. It was hard to stuff him. It, I'm not even going there. Um, <clears throat> without lawn already, we have to edit within we two minutes. We used newspaper. <laughs> it wasn't very tasty. I made a paper mache lawn um, later. Uh, so we got some comics news, a little movie news, a little TV news. Uh, and let's get back to comics. Let's start because today a long-awaited non-existent issue came out uh, on the stands. <laughs> Which one was that? In a six-issue miniseries. The non-existent issue came out on the stands? You thought you were going to slip that by? In a six-issue miniseries. Yes. The seventh issue came out. Ambush Bug number seven. There's something wrong about it. Oh, it's Ambush Bug. Ambush Bug number seven of six. Yes. In which the sixth issue never did come out. Didn't Douglas Adams do this? Oh, no. He had. No, he he never skipped one, did he? No, he never skipped one. In fact, yes. whatever, Whatever the content of Ambush Bug number six actually was. We'll never know. That's true. He, uh, Keith Giffen was forced to redraw and write an entire issue, so they just called it number seven. You know, among the faithful, <coughs> those me. the readers of Prophecy know that we will see issue six, and it will be in the absolute ambush bug. So it is written, so it shall be. We are indeed the faithful, believing that, we are. that Warner Entertainment, DC Entertainment, the newly formed DC Entertainment. Green velour cover, slipcase. Googly eyes that roll around. You make this sound so wonderful. Yeah. Rick, I want to join your religion. It will uh, It will come to pass. Will be there g- gold gilt edges on There the will pages? be no room at the end, but we will have Ambush Bug Absolute <laughs> Edition. <laughs> Fantastic. Are you an Ambush Bug reader, Shop Boy? Uh, I'm not really familiar with the character, but I did pick up the first two issues of the miniseries, and I had no idea what was going on. 
There, then you're well, a follower. Then you're an ambush, ambush bug follower. There's no point in actually trying to figure out what's going on in ambush bug. It's an, an, in were the you amused? I I was, and I take it that means I will see you all in ambush bug Valhalla. Absolutely. Yes. Uh, the the thing I'm just I, to go back to your prophecy. The thing that I'm absolutely puzzled by is. What they could have done that was so offensive or out of... That they haven't done already? That they haven't done already. He portrayed Dan DiDio sort of as the Watcher, but as an Archie character simultaneously. Yes. He's done nothing but express disrespect for the powers that be in the DC universe. Yes. I don't know. To the point that actually, the last time Keith Giffen worked for DC on a regular basis, back in the late 80s, early 90s, when Ambush Bug, Ambush Bug was actually kicked out of the DC universe. You know, I have a theory. You have a theory. I think he may have uh, ticked off the new blonde boss. No, you know what? Okay, there's an interesting theory, but I, I think that Diane Nelson, I believe, that is would be name. it. The From future, Cheers, the future Mrs. No, that's Diane Chambers. <laughs> don't you, don't you, Bradshaw me tonight? Okay. Um, <clears throat> The future Mrs. McCaw? The future Mrs. McCaw. If something should, heaven forbid, happen to the present Mrs. McCaw. Yes. Um, I will marry to a more powerful studio head. Um, anyway, like that's going to happen. Anyway, uh, I think she wasn't in power when this issue was – Was uh, destroyed. Was dis- well, I don't know if it's destroyed. Sidetracked. They say it's locked away in a drawer somewhere. Oh. They, Absolutely, they no longer they no longer destroy <laughs> things because they used to have really they get would get very bad uh, publicity for that destroying things for shredding issues. So sort there's of like a vault that, somewhere with all this forbidden, like that. What was that Elseworlds annual that we? So shredded? this means when there is a zombie apocalypse, we have to go to Los Angeles and find the vault. I'm going to be like uh, Burgess Meredith. My glasses will break. <laughs> I find the DC. I know this. Um, yeah, actually, and that's the other thing. While we were on, while we were not on vacation, sort of on a, a forced hiatus by circumstances the last couple of weeks, um, the the word is that DC is actually going to move to the West Coast. Yeah, to match up. So only makes sense to me. Yeah. Uh, so the main offices of DC may be heading to Los Angeles, and that does, but that does change things a bit in the game because at least Marvel and DC were able to maintain more of a kind of friendly rivalry. They can being, have the- Softball game, right by, now, that right? softball game. Yeah. Employees that we might not have, that might have been popular, but they sort of you know went back and forth between companies. No more, you know. So the friendliness may be gone. But it bodes really well for San Diego Comic Con. Bodes very well for San Diego Comic Con. Bodes very well for a young man named Derek McCaw <laughs> who can drive to DC every now and, and then and say his and stories. pitch ideas. Hi, I have this idea, not for ambush bug. Um, I know he won't pop. Call security in. again. That's yeah. his, he's back. Uh, uh, it. No, I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say what I was gonna pitch, but I will someday. Um I told David Dishman he was okay with my idea. But he has no power either. So anyway, we'll be uh reading Ambush Bug number seven this week. One thing you and I read together not together, literally, but we both read simultaneously this week. separated by miles. Perhaps just a few miles. Yes. Uh Arcana publishing, which now let's go. I think under the new rules um, of, of blogging, they didn't cover podcasts, but I do say just for editorial uh, purity, Arcana Publishing is the company uh, owned by Sean O'Reilly that that published the three issues of The Greatest American Hero or co-published the three issues of The Greatest American Hero with Catastrophic Comics 
that were uh, co-written by myself. So, yes, I have dealings with the upper echelon and inner work. That was called full disclosure, wasn't full it? Full disclosure. That's what I was giving there. We uh, So they sent us a graphic novel uh, via PDF to, uh, to review yep. uh, called Howard Lovecraft and the Frozen Kingdom. And I believe there, it had been a three-issue miniseries last year. Yeah. Um, so you're the big Lovecraft fan. I, I am. For whatever reason in my life, I, it's more like I know Lovecraft by reputation. I've never actually read the original work. Uh, I've seen At the Mountains of uh, In the Mouth of Madness, the John Carpenter pastiche uh-huh. of Lovecraft, and that's what I've seen. I've got to loan you the silent film version of Call of Cthulhu. I actually have it. I just haven't watched, haven't it, watched yet. it. Okay, um, but uh, maybe if I had a DVD, I'd, I'd probably actually like go feel guilty and watch it. But um, so I know it more by what other people have done with the mythos, sure. than by reading the original. So the same thing applies here. This is another. Riff on on Lovecraft. This is a riff on a lot of things. I thought, yeah, okay. because I found it incredibly derivative. I wanted to play a little game about this. And by derivative, do you mean? And I don't mean that in a bad derivative? way. Okay, I mean, good. A good, I want to make a sure. Good, good way. Let's be so, careful. Uh, almost a homage to a number of things. So mm-hmm. I wanted to play a little game. I'm going to say one, and then let's see if you can say another. I believe there are at least four here. Okay. Okay. So I'll start with. Where the wild things are. I could uh, see that there's something to that. Okay. Um, and I got to think about. I, I would go with um, uh, the Polar Express. Okay, that's one I hadn't come up with. Okay, Calvin and Hobbes. Yes, a very disturbing version of Calvin and Hobbes. Um, Let's see. Shop, well, run, you haven't read I'm it. Gonna you gonna run say him anything? I, <laughs> I'm going to run him I out. I have not read it. Do you want me to just give you my other Yeah, go what you're thinking. Uh, little Nemo. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, a lot uh, of Little Nemo. Little, little, not finding, right? Right. The awesome Slumberland thing. <laughs> right. I just got that on DVD. And oh, no, you have the Japanese anime version. That's not oh, the yeah. same thing. No. Well, I, I, the comic, but yeah. The early 20th century yeah, the, groundbreaking the strip. comic strip, yes. Yeah. And, oh, no, I'm, I'm blanking on my fourth. Uh, I was I was going to go with um, the Lost Horizon. No, okay. no, I just wanted to throw something in. I love Lost Horizon. That's a fabulous book. Charles Dickens movie. Dickens I even Dickens. like the musical movie. Ah, that's good. I have the soundtrack, man. Wow. It's the in the Brett Cave. You are literally the only person I know that has that. But go ahead. I know lyrics to the song. Um, we are going to do an all musical version. Charlotte wants it. We've so do I'm it. trying to remember. There, there. Obviously, a lot of this has to do with um, kind of youth stories, uh, young adult stories. And I was uh, well, trying to know, think of I, the, the one say, that was Awen Cooper, uh, the the, um, the guy. Artemis Fowl? Artemis Fowl. Yeah. Oh, see, I haven't read Artemis Fowl. Now, Struck. the thing I'm going to say up front, though, uh, Howard Lovecraft, I would, who I assume is H.P. Yes. Lovecraft as a child. Uh, <clears throat> these are the adventures of H.P. Lovecraft as a child. And I in no way think that you should give this graphic novel to a child. However, you know, okay, go on. However, I was entertained by it, and I thought that it was for adults who got all the things that you're saying, all the the, the references to kind of children's literature, and it's in the style of definitely an episodic uh, children's adventure series. Basically four issues. But with the Cthulhu mythos, and therefore rendering it completely inappropriate for children. It's borderline for me. 
There okay. isn't a, there isn't gore in this. No. And it's but just a lot of scary horror about to destroy the world entirely. Indeed, but that's always a fine line to walk with. That your happens off camera. Yes. Okay. It's a fine line to walk with your five-year-old. Go ahead. Yeah. I don't know five-year-old, but I don't know ten-year-old, smart eleven-year-old. Walking him to school, hand yeah. and tentacle. Yeah. Exactly. I I I I thought it was masterfully done from the standpoint of having so much of the mythos in it, but not being. As disturbing, I think you might be reading a little of the disturbing nature of it into it, into it by virtue of what you expect from the uh, Lovecraft. Novels. Absolutely, after reading those, uh, what, what were the books that uh, um, Boom Studios was doing in the in the oh, mythos? Yeah, yeah. I read many of those and went, yeah, this is really creepy. It is. This is really disturbing. And so when I recognize what some of those things are, uh, although I liked the mm-hmm. dog. Uh, the deep one as a as a uh, dog companion. The dog, dog companion. Um, I like the one he said. Uh, he's my dog. Come on, boy. He says, "Dog boy, boy make I, up your mind." Make up your mind. It, it's. Um, I like the art. It was, kind of, it was very cartoony. Um, it reminded me a lot of. Um, oh, what's the guy's name? The guy who did fell. Um, no, Ben Templesmith? Templesmith. It reminded me a lot of Templesmith. I thought it was a lot more controlled than Templesmith. I, I, I agreed. But the kind of energy and You know what I'm noticing right now? Without Lawn here, you and I actually are able to complete thoughts. There we go. <laughs> this is weird. We have Shop Boy over here taking that seat, but he's not saying anything. Yeah. Well, well I mean, we'll eventually get yeah. something he has somebody to say about it. Yeah. I, I love me some H.P. Lovecraft, but I have yet to read this graphic novel. Do I, am I making it sound like it's something you'd want to buy? Uh, Yeah. Yeah, I mean, in terms of the target age group, I think if you have a like a ten or eleven year old, like Rick was saying, that is capable of you know comprehending uh, like plot devices like and this. as someone much older than ten or eleven, I enjoyed it as well. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. I think it's definitely for people that love read it all in H. one Lovecraft. It was very very huge. I thought it was very clever. Yeah, uh, I, I thought it was a good read, um, and the, the interesting framing device of his father having written. This stuff, and you know, don't look at the book. Whatever yeah. his father's in yeah. an insane asylum at the beginning, and they're visiting. On, so it's a Christmas Eve story, an enchanting holiday story. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's the Christmas Carol. Yeah, that was the other one you were going for. Okay, which uh, is I wasn't opening, necessarily going for that one. Which is opening next week. Yes. So um, I, I'm going to recommend. It. I would recommend I, it. if you're recommend. if you're into Cthulhu, you, you'll enjoy this. If you uh, if you're looking to uh, challenge a 11 year old or 12 year old uh, with some interesting new stuff. That's fine too. Okay, so we we give this one and and uh, with thumbs up, and that's yep. uh, good. I, I was I was going to weigh more heavily on yours because I know, like I said, uh, since I know people at Arcana, it's always but they do they are do some interesting interesting work. So and greatest American hero. So uh, <laughs> <laughs> speaking of things that are, uh, I don't know. No, I shouldn't say. Uh, Necrosia comes out today. The first issue. What's that about? Pre- um, is so, it a big event? Uh, it's a big event, and let me and, and let's see. I think it's pretty original. Uh, so it's a, a major a major publishing company, Marvel. Marvel, I've heard, heard of them. them. Yes, uh, owned by Disney. Yes. Um, so they're taking some of their popular superheroes. Yeah, okay. And they're mixing them, and I and this is wacky and completely completely out of the blue and original. Uh, they're they're mixing them with a horror trope. Okay. Okay. Now. I don't know if I've seen this, but they're taking zombies and they're putting them into the superhero mythos. So they're making ex- well, they've had zombies before. Ex-zombies. They've no. had zombies before. I don't. 
Wait a minute, Simon. Are, are, Garth, you, are you saying zombie. like um, no. Blackest Night or or Marvel Zombies? Oh, you mean they're taking dead superheroes? Or super zombies? Yeah. Um, oh, I thought you just meant zombies. No, I'm just being really sarcastic. Um, <clears throat> that after Marvel started the whole thing with Marvel Zombies, and then DC admittedly still has me compelled by Blackest Night right. with the zombies. So Marvel's got to do it again. Yeah. And narrow cast it to just the mutant universe. Now, I have a big problem. Now, did you read this, Sean Boy? Did you pick it up? I, I have, yeah. And what do you think? So you're the well, you're actually the informed opinion right now. So there's but, a there's a Necrotia book. Yes. Okay. Yeah. It just came out today. <coughs> that spins uh, off into a, a dozen or so titles? No. It well it's gonna be uh, it going New to, yes. Mutants, uh X Force and yeah, X Men Legacy. First off, there's I feel no solo title for Doug Ramsey, useless dead mutant. Nope. Okay. Hey, Doug. Le- but I would buy that. Book. They were doing some interesting things with Doug Ramsey when he died because they were making him so he could. He was a lie detector because he could read body language. Doug and- Ramsey, super translator. Yes. Dun, dun, dun. Anyway, go ahead. All right. So first off, I feel like I was kind of roped into starting this because it Necrotia in and of itself is an event, but it's part of a three event event. So first it was Messiah Complex, and then it was... Oh, um, Messiah Complex yeah. folds into oh Necrotia? My God. It was Messiah Complex, Messiah War, Necrotia. Oh, interesting. So they all interlink and... Now, is the term Necrotia actually like a playoff of Genosha? Where I, I believe it out? is, okay. because, and, they're, and that's Messiah War do. was just basically a thing with a Bishop following Cable through time? Okay, so, uh, yeah, Messiah right. Complex, they have... Faith, the last mutant to be born after M Day. They find her. Yeah, they yeah. they find her, and then uh, and that's Messiah when... War is where Cable like time jumps with her, and she grows up a little bit, so she's like seven or eight, and right. Bishop follows them, and Deadpool's in there, and so they're in outer space now. And I think she also is going to get a solo book. I I, I believe she is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. and Faith. Uh, Faith is. We're gonna probably see her uh, developing powers. And see what she can do in this event. And um, the the onside bet is that Faith is somehow related to Jean Grey. That that's probably a safe bet. Yeah, either she's somehow either part spirit, of the Phoenix Force or, or she's she is Jean Grey. Is Jean Grey reborn through all this effort? Mm-hmm. I mean, because which is probably one of the better bringing, ways to bring her back. Yeah, and it's going to turn out that Cable is his own grandpa. Dun, dun, dun. Oh, he's the fry. Grandpa. He's the fry of the Marvel Universe. Yeah. Okay, sorry. Yeah. I think that was all the fair use we could sing. You're right. Indeed. That's why you're here, to stop me. Copyright violations. Go stop. Ahead. So, I mean, aside from the the three uh, series, there's the Necrotia series in and of it, itself. It's a standalone thing. Issue one just came out. And I thumbed through it. They're bringing back I, – I don't want to say what's in it because people might not have read it yet. Um, but I like the characters they brought back in the first Necrotia title, <coughs> and I need to at least wait two issues but more. But just out of this first issue, yeah. how realistic is the threat of mutant zombies? Uh, in terms – like the global Marvel Universe not Well, wait not a minute. A I'm sorry. Let me rephrase it because, first of all, I'm, I feel silly having asked the question, how realistic <laughs> is <Yes>. the threat <laughs> yes. of mutant zombies? How threatening is that? And – of all the of all the super teams, the one in which um, death is a revolving door, more than any other arguably. other group, yeah. argu- arguably. I mean, because you're saying here's Faith, who either is Jean Grey, who's right. dead, who's been dead five times, right? Um, you know how how threatening is it? 
How can how threatening can it be? I don't I don't think it's going to be that big of. Are they at an least issue. eating brains? Are we just comparing? No, this? They're, they're not. They're not eating brains. My complaint about Darkest Night, Blackest Night, Blackest Night. Why can I not get that right? Blackest Night is that it's too big. I just can't believe with all the rings that are going down, I can't believe that they can fight off. That they're only sending like three people after a superhero. And yeah. he fights them to a standstill, and that's the end of the story, uh, because he doesn't win. They never win, um, except in Green Lantern. I guess he's just won recently. Right. Um, but but uh, that seems just huge, just way too big to be uh, serviceable as a plot device. Whereas this maybe is a little more comfortable. Yeah, I, I think this is going to be a little bit more manageable yeah. because, um, as in the previous two story arcs tied in, it pretty much only affects the X Men. Um, you know, all the people that have been brought back are just straight up X-Men. And to be fair, universe. if you're affecting the X-Men, you are affecting as many characters as the entire DC universe. Yeah. I mean, and they're, no, there's only 192 of them eight. total. 98? No, I thought they've, they've had some deaths. Well, they've killed six who've come back. Yeah. So, um, but I, with, uh, what's going on with the X-Men right now, whether they're their own sovereign nation or whatever, it might be more heavily weighted to continuity. I I don't know about that. I don't know future events, but um, I think it's going to be an enjoyable read for me, uh, despite me feeling like I'm forced to read it, having read the other two parts. Um, of course. Yeah. No one forced you. you bought no, 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 no. Shop Boy's still at that point in fandom where he believes that because he started it, he has, he has to, to finish, finish it. it. Mm. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> that, that, it, I don't know if that was picked up with that little moan of, huh, learn. <laughs> That was Michael Goodson sitting at the end of the table, who's probably not going to comment tonight. But uh, but that was that was enough. That Absolutely. was knowledgeable pain. That was. <laughs> he grew up. He's reaching out, trying to say, "Come, join us in adulthood, relative adulthood, because we're still buying comics." But it's break your heart, kid. <laughs> they're only going to break your heart again. And again. So, uh, were you going to give me that check? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh. oh. Yeah, sure. Um, so let me bring up something because I, I, I just think this will get Rick excited. Did you notice what was on the stand? It's today? all about getting Rick excited. <laughs> Tonight it is. Tonight it is. Rick just got a check. I got a check. And you know what's on the stand? An omnibus. An omnibus. Fat Freddy's cat. We had a discussion about Fat Freddy's cat earlier this, this evening before you got here. Did you? Yes, yep. we did. And are you excited about it? Adam bought it for his dad. Nice, reaching back across the generations. And we didn't talk about how they were going to read it together in a haze of smoke or anything. Oh, no, probably not. <laughs> you um, did ask, though. I did ask. Gilbert Shelton's Fat Freddy's Cat yeah. from the Fabulous Furry Freak Brothers. I'm amazed that there were that many pages. Because I remember reading the books. He usually had one page in a book. and Maybe he had one or two books of his own. But He did have a few titles. Yeah. I, I don't know exactly what Gilbert Shelton's output was. But I'm going to say, sight unseen, haven't picked this up, people... If you're, if, unless you're easily offended, get this book. It's funny stuff. It's funny stuff. And counterculture humor from the early seventies. Shelton is unappreciated as I mean, he's the artist too, wasn't yeah, he? Yeah, yeah. So his his uh, his <laughs> his comedy and just the characters. I mean, he's got uh, not unlike Sergio Gronas. Gronas. A lot of detail in his panels. A lot of comic uh, pratfall things. visual gags. Uh, just great stuff. Great I learned. Stuff. I'm going to say this honestly because at a garage sale, 
when I was like in second or third grade, one of my babysitters had this garage sale, and her older brother was was selling underground comics, a, a trade paperback. Ah, although they didn't have the phrase then, but because it, it was like seventy three or seventy four. Um, but of of the fabulous Freak Free Brothers, so I had this big that I read. I think I learned so much comic timing from that book, yeah, reading sure. it over obsessively. The first time was because it showed boobs, but you know was why I read it. But it was, but not necessarily terribly pornographic. No, 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 like, no. There was just sort of this little orphan Annie parody that I thought clothing was really falls funny. off when you're um, out of it. But I learned, but I, my vocabulary. There are things I can still think of that I didn't, and like I, that I just didn't get then. Like there was the you had awakenings afterwards. You know, there's the a fat Freddy cat, Freddy's cat thing where he was a spy. I led three lives. Making fun of the 50s communist paranoia, right. which I didn't piece together until the 90s, reading and discovering that there was like a TV show and a novel. Right. You know, that's what was making fun of. And they were afraid of, of a drug that was going to turn everybody queer called Teehee. And, you know, if you drank it, you'd go, Teehee. And, you know, all these things. Well, they always had the stupid, paranoid Secret Service agents yes. that were outside the door, oh, like a, a Wiley E. Coyote so style. So he is of kind of, Gilbert uh, Shelton kind of is, and I, I, I would agree with you, sort of an un, underappreciated now definitely. artist. And we keep waiting for him to An come artist back. in the manner of he created art both with the uh, the writing and the. the well, drawing. and he also created the character Wonder Warthog, didn't he? So yes. That was, big, that was, I think he, that's before the Freak Brothers. A big I mean, superhero parody. Yeah. Not as successful, but kind of funny to think of a warthog running yeah. around fighting crime, sort of. Um, so I'm looking forward to that. So I just wanted to tout that. Uh, and and then in, in titles, like, uh, we, we've run out of just about everything. And uh, Tom Corbett, Space Cadet. Does that give you a thrill? Uh, I, I are you Tom old enough? Are you are old enough to remember I, Tom Corbett? In, 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 in re- repeats. In repeats. <laughs> I have a vague recollection of Tom Corbett. <laughs> make it, make it. My mother used to sing me the theme song about Crip. Go ahead and say that. That's the only thing you've got that will save you on that. No. I have no idea what the theme song was. Oh, that's good. Okay, but anyway, it's going to be a comic book revival, which I'm thinking, is there anything that's not going to? Uh, Blue Water Press is doing Tom Corbett's Space Cadet, as well as an ongoing series based on Vincent Price's The Tingler. Oh, the oh ting- wow. The Tingler's out today. So they're going to – Yeah, and so is Tom Corbett. You have that – How do you? How are you going to recreate the Tingler? You're going to wire okay. the magazines. They wire the chairs I, yes, in theaters, exactly yeah. right? Yes. Yep. I don't know. Electric shocks delivered through the I don't book. know. But I just noticed – saw that and went, what? Who's really who, – Yeah, I don't know who the target who's is Who's that one that? for? I, I yeah. don't know. But let's talk about one that we do, again, really do want to tout is that today, Unknown Soldier. I know who Soldier, this one's for. Yeah. Number 13. This one's for me. This one, well, what well, we've already said over and over, one of the best series available today. Yep. One of the most important comic books available. If you haven't gone out and bought the trade, kids, go out now. Shut the iPod off and go, well, oh, yeah. well after the after, after, the show's after this. But, it's um, portable. But I want to, but uh, why, uh, why Unknown, Unknown Soldier. Soldier number 13 is noteworthy is it also features a new artist on the series. His name is Pat – I would pronounce this right – Pat Massioni. Uh-huh. And why he's notable is he is an artist from the Democratic Republic of Congo. He's Congolese. So Congolese. So the uh, first uh, – though he spent some time as a graphic novelist in France. He's making his American debut with The Unknown Soldier. So um, kind of now you have an artist – 
really going to be in sync with the sensibilities of Josh Dysart, probably teaching Josh Dysart a thing or two about what was really going yeah, on. Yeah, maybe proofing. Yeah. Uh, the art is uh, not at all uh, a big departure from the previous artists, but has a kind of a flat, a flatter style, almost iconic, or um, I'm trying to remember who I was alluding to earlier. Oh, Chris Ware. Oh, yeah, like almost like Chris Ware in the detail and the way... Uh, the way the composition, but uh, yeah, I'm looking forward to this one. So again, I believe the he's way start, home. He's starting a new arc with this. Again, people jump on board. Uh, this book just keeps making history by talking honestly about recent history in a way that few uh, few mass market entertainments are willing to do. I so, I wouldn't be at all surprised to see this whole thing optioned for a movie or a TV series at some point. I'm waiting for it. I, and Josh absolutely deserves the attention and yep. and and the money that that TV uh, money would bring. Um so let's go to movies and television, shall we? We uh, should. We've missed not a whole lot's been going on. I mean, you know, we're entering into the holiday movie season. Uh, I, I'm kind of surprised already like the the 3D animated Christmas carols opening next week and Yeah. Uh, a little too early. It feels a little too early. Like it's it feels like, way I, too I'm early. already swamped. I mean, we had Astro Boy last uh, week open up, um, and in kind of what should have been, I thought would have been a holiday slot. Although, granted, it was a little odd of a film and a harder sell than I thought it would be. Yeah, forgetting that most most American children really don't know who Astro Boy is. Um, a Japanese national treasure. A Japanese national treasure. But Falls that's it. flat in the U.S. But that's it. It did. It came in number six. Yeah. I, I, I took my son. I, I really actually did enjoyed he enjoy it. it. He loved it. Okay. He loved it. He was so glad that I'd taken him. He said Alice, he wanted to go home and rent it. I had to explain to him, not, not yet. yet. <laughs> we just saw it in the theater. <laughs> We're working that out. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, the thing is you could find online on YouTube old old episodes of the series uh, certainly. Is he digging those now, though? Or uh, we've watched a few. Okay. And he he dug those, and that's actually how I got him excited about this. Was I had watched fair enough? Watched some old ones with him, and uh, no, uh, you know, the only thing that he was really bothered by was that uh, Astro Boy falls in with some humans on the surface world, uh-huh. and uh, lies lies about being human, and he was tell the truth, tell the truth. He was really oh. so. I'm raising an honest child. I don't know how that happened. But, yeah. Uh, Mutant. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that happens. Um, no, we're very honest people. His My power wife and I. is I can only tell the truth. Yeah, so I mean, I thought, it, but other than that, uh, he really loved it. The adventure was great. Um, and they acknowledged some of the things that I think in the Astro Boy thing is a little odd. The machine guns out of the butt. Well, today, that's a weird thing. Now, maybe the 60s in Japan, that was a dream of, of children everywhere. But now, it's a little odd. And he acknowledges it as odd. So I actually did see a movie that I, I caught up with everybody, um, and oh. I think it's it's sad that this has dropped off because it started so strong. Casablanca, Zombieland. Oh, Zombieland! You just got. I just got one. to it, and Bill Murray should get a Best Supporting Actor. Oh. I think we can now say yeah. that that was the celebrity cameo. Yes, yes. Bill Murray was hilarious in that movie. Yeah. Michael, did you see that? Yes. Yes, and you enjoyed Zombieland. I did. Okay, good. Uh, so we've all caught up. Well, you know, but that's the thing. Now, it's like having a duck that drops down from the ceiling. <laughs> Say the secret word. Michael Goodson will pay attention to you for 30 seconds. Oh, we've lost him already. He's got his iPod. Uh, anyway, uh, iPhone, yes. Uh, anyway, well, but I think that's the cycle of movies right now. I mean, Zombieland had a strong start first couple weeks, and then... Pfft. It's amazing how fast they... I was thinking about it the other day when when... Older movies. I'm thinking 2001. When it came out, it was in the theaters for in months. In 1969. Yeah. 
but it was in the theaters We're talking about for the movie months. 2001, not actually the year Not the year 2001, yeah. Well, uh, Star Wars was in theaters for 18 months. Yeah, the original. Yeah. Yeah. But now we've got movies that are come and gone in three weeks. Well, let me explain to you. The thing with Zombieland is the week after Zombieland opened, I happened to be here at Elusive thumbing through a previews. And I very rarely thumb through previews. I just let things surprise me. But in the back, already they had the DVD listed. Oh, yeah, yeah. For yeah, uh, yeah well, of previews course. does that with a lot of things, though. Yeah. yeah. No, I, I understand the marketing of it. I just It's kind of tragic, though, that the that you know we're, we're pumping this stuff through so much. And... You know, it's it's no wonder I'm, I'm starting to sound like an old guy, right? It's no wonder that people. Well, that's starting, but go ahead. It's <laughs> no wonder that people never catch up on the older films because there's so much stuff that's brand new, and then they never get back to it again. And it's so fast. It is yeah. such a it's, it's a, such a short shelf life. And it's, it's so much of it's crap. Yeah. Well, I mean that that's why there's such a quick turnaround time on stuff. I mean, 2001 and Star Wars those were groundbreaking films in terms of you know. Structure, special effects, everything. I think that's why they're in theaters for so long. Right. Now you have movies that come out in rapid succession. Uh, even uh, at, at store release level, like DVDs, you might see a movie and then three months later be able to pick it up because they're, I don't want to say lower quality, but they need to be sold while people still remember it. Yeah, I think there is, uh, there's something to be said for that because back then there was no way to bring that movie into your home. Mm-hmm. There was it's even pre VHS. Yep. So the idea that. Well, no, everything. Well, we had like uh, today at school being uh, Halloween two days early. Um, someone was dressed as the girl from Napoleon Dynamite. And the, oh. con- you know, the one that's right. Debbie selling Pass. glamour photos. Right. And, and the comment we had, and I thought, and, and this sums up even for, for the high school kids today, is one girl said, Oh, I saw that in the theater. I know, weird, huh? Yeah, like she had been the one among all her peers to have actually seen this movie that everybody knows in the theater in an instead actual of movie off the DVD. Yeah. yeah, you know, and so that's really where it's become. It's the home video thing, and and yeah, yeah. I, so I'm glad you caught up to Zombieland. Yes, and what we need is more theaters that'll let us see it for like four bucks. And you know, the other thing that was really cool about Zombieland, it was, wasn't wall to wall gore. No, it wasn't. There's there's like you know what Very was cool about Zombieland? It was clever. Yes. It actually had a plot. It actually made us care about the characters. There was interaction between the human characters. Yes. Yes. We cared about them. We wanted them to go on. Yeah. Um, yeah. And best use of clowns in a movie this year. So um, let's go to a movie, a quick movie rumor. A Green Lantern is back on, moved out of Australia. Now, where would you think you want to take an, uh, Green it's Lantern? It's out of Australia? Film? Apparently, when they redid the finances, because the Australian dollar is actually much stronger now oh, in the economy, that's right. yeah. it's too expensive. So where are we going to take it? Where do you think we're going to take it? Prague. No. No? New Orleans. New Orleans? Really? Yes, which does not seem like a place logically you would film OA, but apparently uh, we're going to. I've been to the devastated zone. Okay. Um, also, rumor this week, that's, again, to get Rick excited. I think that's sort of the theme of the show. Let's get Rick excited. That uh, Any Cool News reports that Shane Black, the creator of the Lethal Weapon series, okay. uh, who kind of redeemed himself with um, Kiss Kiss Bang Bang. Uh, the Lethal Me- Weapons movies weren't that bad. I no, mean, but then he but wrote The Last Boy Scout, and that one really There you go. Okay. Um, anyway. Shane Black is screenwriter of okay. Doc Savage. Ooh. Okay. Okay. 
Okay. I'm 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 excited for this. I could I can dig that. I, I, I'm, I'm so Doc Savage is back on. The only thing that now scares me is originally earlier this week it was reported that it was Robert Orsi and Alex Kurtzman producing. Uh, the guys that did that uh, produce and write Fringe. Yeah. Uh, no, it turns out it's Neil Moritz, the guy behind the Fast and the Furious. See, I have, oh. I have to expose the fact that I knew about this ahead of time, and I don't have. To, I'm not going to pretend that I didn't. No, because you're not telling the best part of this story. What's the best part of the, the story? best part of the story is when he was offered the job. Yes, they said, "Well, what do you think? How are we going to bring him into the 21st century?" And he said, "No, you can't take Doc Savage out of the 30s." Absolutely, I and agree. he passed the test. That's the test. Yes. So Rick and I will now stop working on our Doc Savage screenplay. <laughs> that no Casting's buy. over. <laughs> no, the only thing that actually bugs me about the story is that he says he's going to create an original adventure when I think, because it wasn't done correctly anyway in the movie, the Ronnie yeah. Lee film, the George Powell film, is the Man of Bronze is like the ultimate way to introduce Doc Savage because it's an origin story without being an origin story. It is, but you know, having read most of them, it's not the best of the bunch. It's actually... Well, I, I'd go right to Land of Terror. Throw in dinosaurs. Oh, yeah, there, definitely. Know. Definitely. Um, or what, any of the ones that have like a, a world, cli- a climactic world-threatening thing. You know, the, the, there's lots of, uh, you know, the Red Snow or... Just for the title, I would like them to make Land of Long Juju. <laughs> Okay. I just like saying it. Or okay. The Feathered Octopus. Yeah, that one sounds a little kinky. Uh, it does. Um, Return from Cormoral. No? Um, Escape from Loki. Escape from Loki. Yeah. Would be good. Actually, you take him back to we his We miss you, years. Philip. <laughs> anyway, um, so a movie recommendation. I, here, I'm going gonna, I'm, I'm gonna to say movie I know Michael Goodson will not be able to watch now. Michael Jackson's This Is It. And I'm going to tell you why Michael. You hurt the you hurt the Goodson. No, and I'm going to tell you why Michael Goodson because one of the things. Uh, no, I, I recommend. There, <laughs> Michael Jackson found a way to throw in a huge mechanical Black Widow. Yes, um, just because there was the outside chance you were going to see him. Um, I highly recommend this film. Crawls out in the audience. <laughs> I, I don't know if you if you can call it a documentary. I guess. I mean, there's an assemblage of footage of him rehearsing the now, what may go down in history as one of the greatest never-to-be-performed concerts ever. Because that would have been a kick-ass show. There's no question. When you see the bits and pieces of the things he was doing, yeah. it would have been an amazing spectacle. Uh, and already, I think it's what, it's going to be in theaters for two weeks, and then I was able to go onto Amazon and include in my review a link to the DVD sale. So, so the two-week business... What's your take on that? Why only two weeks? Is it really just to tease everyone and and get them to buy the DVD? I don't know. Because I think you – Let's face it. This guy has so many fans who are going to go out and buy that DVD or who are going and see it a couple times in the theaters. If they could. Apparently a lot of of theaters already had it sold out. Yeah. Um, And I thought like the IMAX aspect was interesting. I'm going to be honest – it will be. I can't avoid the snarkiness that I think he would be frightening in IMAX, I, and I and I mean this sincerely because he. What is it? In my review, I noted he has one costume. It looks like it's about four different rehearsals that they're cobbling together, and so and they'll do different versions of the same song with different rehearsals. Okay, and that's one of the questions. I it's had. which is really cool seeing yeah. him like trying to do. 
and nothing's really complete. Almost, do they do split screen stuff at one any? point? So it's like the like the old seventies grindhouse, movie a little bit kind of things. And and he's dropping lines, and he's really and he's not ready for performance. There's no question. And I loved seeing that human, you know, the imperfection of Michael Jackson there in in and working towards what a perfectionist he was, working towards getting it all right. That was really interesting to me. But because you see four, he never quite looks the same from day to day because of the face being something that's clearly like, you know, his face was like Moominshans by the end. You know, you'd have to kind of sculpt himself every morning. Uh, A what? A mood face. A mood face. Um, But he has this one jacket with his sharp padded shoulders, and I look at it and I go, my God, he's Jack Skellington. He has the exact same proportions Uh. of Jack Skellington. And if he looks like that on film, there's no way that guy was healthy. You know, because that's... That's like the f- movies add add bulk to you, it, the the image. So right. he had to have been so thin. I don't know how he was alive any, yeah. as long as he was. Um, and his hands are huge. Um, so, it, I, and I'm not exaggerating. That. It's like I keep noticing. It's like, oh my god, it's like cartoon character hands. Yeah. They're so huge compared to the rest of him and his head. So I think if you were seeing that on IMAX, that would be a little like, oh my god, I'd be seeing the flaws and just going. I can't get over how hideous this truly. There is one shot where he's got, um, you know, hearing. I don't want to say, you know, receivers in to hear, and his ears are so deformed. It's like, oh my god! I just felt, I, I get, kept getting taken away from the performance because I'm going, this, what did he do to himself? Yeah, you know, that doesn't. Those are not human ears. Those are like horrible fairy ears. Um, you know, it, it's just anyway. Um. That has to be captured on sound to say that. Uh, but it was a very beautiful thing. But he did Thriller. So they updated Thriller with a Haunted Mansion setting in 3D. Mm. So I don't know if in the concert, if concert goers were supposed to put on 3D glasses. But they did this great graveyard thing. And it was all clearly ripping off the Haunted Mansion down to it opens with the oh, the, with the, the, with the ghost host, basically the person hanging himself and, and people drinking on the chandelier, the ghosts, and then you know going out. Really fun. But then suddenly off stage comes this huge Black Widow spider. And I think it's a tribute to my friendship with Michael Goodson. No matter what movie I see, no matter, no matter who I'm with, <laughs> I start giggling and go, Michael can't watch this movie. And it goes, back to, it goes back to the eight-legged freaks days. Although it actually – I don't know if I've ever told this story on the air, the fantastic Lord of the Rings story. Oh, yes. You, you have mentioned this one. Go ahead. Have go I ahead. told this yes, on the this air? Is, it's a good story. Michael is not, shall we say, historically a reader. He is. He's now he now reads, but um, but he was failed by the California school system, and uh, and graduated from school as an illiterate Muppet fan, and um, he only knew one letter, and we know which letter that was. I won't say it. But anyway, um, a no, it was Q. Anyway, so uh, way to not say. It. <laughs> really, really twisted your arm there. <laughs> I didn't want him to think it was a vowel. Anyway, okay. um, so he went with me to this, the press screenings of all the, the Lord of the Rings films. And he had not read the Lord of the Rings. So when we got to Two Towers, yeah. I mean, and bear in mind, this becomes a practical joke that spans really two years <laughs> exactly. of silence, knowing full well he'll never seek these books out. And at the end of Two Towers, when Gollum says... I shall lead them to her. She'll take care of them. He turns to me in a panic. Like, he's got some kind of sense. He says, she? 
A spider sense? Spider sense? She, a spider, if you will. Uh, she? Who's she? <laughs> and I said, she you'll see. You'll see. Uh, no, no, no. Uh, I do not. I do not mean to make him sound that wussy. It is just, it is just the state of my throat right now. He really went. She, who's she? Who's she? No, he didn't. He went. She. Who's she? Yeah, yeah. Uh, anyway, so for a year I kept that quiet, and then we saw. And, and the, the thing is, that the fir- you forgot the first two films. They showed us like the camera three. You know, so like a press screening only. The last one, Return of the King, they showed at the Century Theaters. So we're, you know, we're trapped in the middle, basically, as as the dawning realization comes, Return of the King. She's a spider, isn't she? <laughs> You're an ass, an asshole. And I'm like, ee. And he turned. He's not going to look at the screen. And... <laughs> He sees the spider in the reflection of my glasses. <laughs> <laughs> it's like coming down. And he's like, you know, and when it wraps up Frodo, he's like, yep, that's how it's going to happen to me. That's exactly what's going to happen. <laughs> and I thought, best best practical joke ever, just keeping the identity of a monster quiet for a year. Yeah. And uh, Debbie doesn't like Shelob either. Uh, doesn't like spiders at all. And but she had read the books, so she knew. So when there's a 3D in in thriller, in thriller. this 3D Black Widow comes over the over these steps, and then they cut to Michael Jackson had a huge Black Widow spider large enough for him to curl up inside, so that then it's going to go. It was going to rear up, and he was going to come out. Oh my! And do it. I was like, well, yep. Michael's not going to watch this, but. Um, because the, th- the the 3D spider is scary as heck, but um, mm, and it says good sin. Anyway, uh, so, uh, but it, I, you just see that and just go, wow, that would have been one. So that was a, a full performance then of, of uh, no, they still don't. They just show as much of the footage they have because I mean they'd shot it, so they find excuses to show it. Yeah, and he would have had, and they would have also had uh, ghost brides and grooms like these skeletons that were going to be flown over the audience too. So it would be this total wow. interactive thing. You just, it's that where you just see, oh my god! I mean, yeah. this just would have been some spectacular thing. I think they were trying to recreate the music video experience because he's always been known for giant theatrical videos. And oh, I mean, is, Thriller was huge yeah. when it came out. Yeah, Nobody was spending that kind of money on like tour. Then no question. Would, and know, that's the other thing is there's go all a, out. Re- taking even taking the fact that he died out of the context, it's clearly, and I do think sincerely. This is a guy saying he knew he wouldn't be able to do it after Again, this yeah. anyway. This was the final shot. And so there already was kind of that air of he's going to do it right and he's going to go out. And so, you know, there's a sadness to it. It's an interesting thing. I think – I don't know why it's only two weeks because yeah. I do think it could play all the way – it could play for weeks. It could play for months. Yeah. Um, so I, I really – I it's a recommend, and I'm surprised because – Certainly, I made my share of Michael Jackson jokes. Sure, I was. I mean, you were uh, posting your Facebook, and you know, I was kind of. We were all taking shots. Right, the last couple of days. And then I it. saw, and that night I saw the. I saw like a five minute bit on the news, and I went, "Oh, I think I'd actually like to see that." Yeah, and I felt kind of. Yeah, untrue to myself. Yeah, no, and I, that's what I felt. It was like, oh, that's a you know, I'll go back to making jokes, but right now I'm actually kind of in a melancholy mood about Michael Jackson. Yeah, and that's the power that, and that's the power of film. Let's talk to the power of TV because next week something that we both would be excited about. I think V V returns to television. 
Have you seen the uh, the longer commercials? With, uh, seven, the first seven minutes are online, and I haven't had a chance to watch it yet. I'm just talking about where she's uh, talking to the news reporter and before the no, I haven't seen interview, it. And she's he's saying, "Well, so anything I should say?" Well, she goes, "Just don't say anything that makes us feel, uh, makes us look uh, look bad. puts in a, puts us in a bad light." It's like kind of a cre- she's so beautiful, Marina Bakker. In the oh game. man, she is just so so gorgeous. But even without doing anything, she's she is emoting a creepiness, intriguing underneath her beauty. Wouldn't you agree? Uh, yeah. Well, I mean, I think it's because they they pick an actress that's wow, this woman's really beautiful. She can't really be th- be this beautiful and not be not have something wrong with her, <laughs> especially when I just saw her face on the underside of a giant. Spaceship. Yeah, that's that's that is a hi, welcome. We're 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 friendly. We're we're not going to squash you. And, yeah. Well, how would that compare to like? So I assume she's playing an analog character to Jane Badler. I'm pretty original. sure it's the, supposed to be the same character. And Jane Badler was, of course, very attractive, but. But when you saw Jane Badler, you knew she was evil. Jane Badler was always was, was and in a good way. She was in a military outfit when she was in right. a lot of these that. V- and the, she, and, these visitors are not. And these visitors, she's like ready to go to a, a nice bar and have yeah. a couple of apple teenies. And they're not making know. the overt Nazi yeah. uh, comparison that the original series. Did. Yeah, the whole the, and that was a big part of V. The at least the early part was the co-opting of the children, the brown shirt mm-hmm, kind mm-hmm. of movement and stuff. Yeah, so. Um, I don't know. They haven't shown too much. They've shown a couple of action scenes in the commercials. I guess I got to go watch the seven minutes. But there's definitely some. Uh, some yeah, I believe it's abc.com has it on. There's some kind of uproar and uh, violence and stuff. So, so you'd be intrigued for that. I, I'm I'm going to give this thing a shot. Um, I have to say that V. I watched V when it originally came out, and I never went back to watch it again. It was kind of like a one shot thing for me, and it does have. The second or third season, I guess the second season, has the creepiest um, birth um, in the history of television. Oh, the lizard the, the birth. puppet? Yeah. The, the, yeah. When the Venom action figure is born, that's all I remember, yeah. the tongue sticking out. Yeah. <laughs> um, but here, I see from the end of the table, though he's busy with his phone. Uh, Michael, did, did you go? Well, we have another one right over here. Stop talking to me. I have no mic. Dork, we have one waiting for you. We thought you were purposely snubbing us. Um, so you, Michael, have you gone back and want, it, sounded, it looked to me like you were reacting as if you have gone back and watched the Yeah, at once. some point in the last decade or so, I did go back and watch V and the, uh, the television series that they did right. uh, for a while. Right, because there's uh, two, is it two miniseries and, uh, yeah. and, a, and a series, yeah, and a so. season, right? Right. And, uh, the, the V series, you know, it brought back a lot of old memories. It, like any 20-year-old science fiction, there's some stuff to laugh at, but, you know, as a concept, the the Nazi stuff holds up. The it turns into the characters a, are really interesting. An underground yeah. um, movement with some of the characters who are above ground who are secretly in the underground. Right. And, and it's got uh, you know Michael Ironside. And oh yeah, he Mike, was Mark great. Singer. I remember he was like one of the first really badass. Yeah. Uh, and he's he's great. He's like a demolitions yeah. expert. So I mean, it's got yeah. everything that science fiction fans. He's kind of one of those guys who's like uh, stay out of my way because I'm going to well, get these guys. Well, he's the voice of the uh, Dark Side. Yes, he is. Yes, yeah. He is. yeah, you don't mess with the voice of Darkseid. No, yeah. no. How about Venture Brothers? You guys catch up with the Venture Brothers? Yes. yes. No. Did you? Can I leave? Him? I did. did yeah. Thank you, Michael. Yeah, thank you. <laughs> I yeah. said you in the mic. Oh, oh maybe more. Well, are, we, maybe. are we talking about both episodes because we didn't podcast? 
last week? Well, I caught up on both. Okay. We should we can we can possibly spoil the first one and just admire the second one. We could talk about Kevin Conroy. I was just going to say the thing that I really ad- admire about about that is uh, that they got Kevin Conroy to play Captain Sunshine. Captain Sunshine that in is the second <laughs> episode. That is the closest um, and, Hank is ever going to be to Batman. Ever. And really mocking, yeah. Well, and that's what I realized. Actually, Hank says at one point, "Can you put in a good word for me with Batman?" Yeah. And I didn't realize it was Kevin Conroy. And then I see in the credits, I go, "That's that spotted hilarious. in the credits too." That's just hilarious. Um, and I, that's the first time I've ever seen Kevin Conroy really make fun of, if you will, make fun of his own reputation as Batman. Right. So right. Uh, the first episode, bizarre. Oh man, my head no. was spinning. I okay. Well, in terms of events that transpired, um, are you gonna look it up on your phone? Yeah, you need to. Yeah, maybe. But in in terms of timeline, I got the timeline. I got the timeline too. I was just, yeah. it was just. If terrific. anyone's aware, so it's it's uh, just just so people who haven't watched this, this is an amazing episode. It took me about halfway through the episode to figure out how you were supposed to tell the continuity. Is it by the by the CG by the CGC the comics collect uh, comics grading thing of Marvel Comics number one because. Uh, at some point, and I can't remember where they, they put it in the episode, but it's given to Doctor Venture as Dr. payment given to Clone for Twenty Four. Twenty Four so, being so basically cloned, the most valuable comic book in existence. But Doc Venture says it's C- only worth ten CGC'd cents. He hands it off to Hank. CGC at nine point five. Goes, so you know where you are in the story by what the, the moment is. The, yeah. the, the moment book. the plastic case gets cracked, it starts going <laughs> down in value. Yeah. And then it gets uh, various various it gets, it levels gets, of use. It's used as toilet paper. Goes running across on fire, and it stops and freezes. And goes the Human Torch. Yes, yeah. the Submariner. The, the, the Submariner. But yeah, spoiler alert. Yes. But, oh, we're spoiling yeah. the hell out of this thing. Yeah, of so, a show that's a week old. There you know was that's uh, the CGC timeline, and then uh, Jackson Public put on his blog for people that aren't familiar with comics uh, to watch Hank's hair. Yes. You can yeah, that's hair. true too. Yeah. yeah, long and short hair. I got that, but it was still it was really just really you're waiting for this show to come back, and that and you, and they just completely mess with your head. Oh, the whole thing with uh, with the uh, what's her name uh, Molotov cocktees and, uh, and hunter gatherers. Uh, yeah, hunter gatherers yeah. and, and that that whole subplot turning around and then. Did now those guys that are the Sphinx Squad or what? what yeah, were, have they been in the show before? Yeah, basically they're Cobra to the OSI's GI Joe. Oh, okay. The the OSI theme song that. plays while OSI people yeah. just massacre. Yeah. Sphinx. But the now the the GI Joe analog are in the Cobra analog. Yeah, well, I, right, that's, that's the big turn. Are they infiltrating? Well, are they infiltrating? It or I have don't they been know. The whole this time? show doesn't matter. Dun, Does dun, it dun. really matter? No, I'm just laughing. Yeah. And then Captain this, Sunshine, this, good lord, in episode two. So it's the it, scene where they come, where the jet lands, the graffiti covered jet lands, <laughs> and then the LARPers march down, down the, the wolf pack. The wolf pack. That's just awesome. That's and Twenty One's got like guns now. He's rich. Yeah, yeah. Now and we got to say yeah because uh, he throws some blows there in the second episode, but. Um, now what? So what? You put this in the podcast when we interviewed Jackson Public and and uh, Doc Hammer, who now we know I had always suspected, but he took it from Doc Savage. So that's awesome. Um, so that's about four podcasts back, five, six, five, six. I was back in uh, the middle of the summer. Comic-Con. So so look on. Fa- on it's right after all the Comic Con specials for for August. We put uh, Rick put together a, a special podcast. Of voices all of our in my head, I think is what okay. It's called. And uh, Jackson Public and Doc Hammer talk about this season 
to us in the loading dock at, Com- at the convention center. Honestly, the most break. unique uh, interview we've ever done at Comic Con. Maybe the best. I, I I think it was a good inter- it was a it was a good interview. Maybe yeah. the best, but definitely I'll take the most Sir unique. Better. But definitely the most unique. Certainly the most unique interview we've ever done. So yeah. I was excited to see that back. Uh, so this week, of course, uh, Plastic Man, Complete Adventures of Plastic Man made it on DVD. Red you got that yet? Very nice. Yes. You got the, the Magic Mailbox? So the Magic Mailbox did indeed deliver that. So full disclosure, yes. Thank you, FCC. Uh, is that who said we had to do that You know, now? they only said bloggers. I know. But, you know, so yes, I got a free copy. Um, oh, and you gave it a good review? No. Yeah. Sloppy packaging. I'm saying that. I And I find – and delayed, strangely delayed. It was supposed to come out in August. Yeah. And then they pushed it off for two months. And like all the previews – Should that really be part of your review, part of your evaluation that it was late? No. Except that all the – all the extra, Except the, all the extras make it seem like they were, they were timing it for something else. Oh. Like they're really pushing it to go with Brave and the Bold. Okay. But I think Brave and the Bold mm-hmm. got pushed back as well. Okay. As a home video because and, – and I think – and I do think the only reason they're releasing Plastic Man on DVD is because he's popular on Brave and the Bold. Okay. Yeah. He has two action figures in the Brave and the Bold series. And – How many do you own? None yet. Mm-hmm. And he endorses Airheads. You can get Airheads candy bars with, with Plastic Man on the on the wrapper. Uh-huh. I have lived long you've got, enough. You've it's gushed, like sitting at a gushed, table with an eight-year-old. You've gushed over <laughs> this on. before. What else do we have on the list? Uh, So uh, Justice League, in two weeks, the complete Justice League and Justice League Unlimited is coming out on DVD in a huge package now. Now, this is is stuff that's been released before. We have it all except for for now there's an hour more of extras. (gasps) Okay. Spread out over 72 episodes. <laughs> One yeah. minute each. One minute each. <laughs> what? Of, uh, no, I, I don't know. But there are new featurettes. So I'm like, I mean, I have exactly what you said. Is any self-respecting fanboy has already bought. All, I haven't. Well, you have no respect. Uh, no, no. You, I've seen everything else you have. Yeah. So when there's a hole in your collection. Okay, 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 okay. I, I give you a pass. I will confess you don't like the show, do I you? I will confess. You've never watched the series. I have. I, I, I've not caught all of it, which is why I will go out and buy this collection. I, I did not watch it all. Um, I did buy the omnibus edition of Astonishing X-Men. You did? Mm. I did. And it arrived yesterday from Amazon, and the corners were dented in about oh. a half inch each. Can you want me to take that off your hands? No, I already, I already sent it back. They they replace that stuff. There, I already got the shipping notice. It, it came yesterday. I put it in the mail today. I already got the shipping notice that they're shipping me the replacement. Amazon rocks. Nice. I agree. Amazon should take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, Michael just showed me an odd picture. Anyway, um, so yeah, so so this complete, and not only that, actually, then Batman the animated series is going. They're going to have a complete box out of that as well. Yes. Same thing, throwing in another hour. Oh, now, cool. some of us already have them all, but now some of us are going <laughs> yeah, to right. beg the Magic Mail box to do its work. Uh, so, Feed and water hint, the Magic hint. Mail. <laughs> hint, hint. We already have. So um, that's all I got for this week. Uh, anything else you've been catching up on? I took. I think I took your recommendation about watching Flash Forward. I've been- and? Enjoying that series. Yeah. Mark Guggenheim has been taken off as a showrunner, and now David S. Goyer is running that show by himself. So that'll be interesting to see. But how, how many episodes do I have to give that show? The first episode is really good. You'll be caught. You'll be caught. And I, I would say the first the first two episodes are really good. And how many they're going to make before they cancel it? 
That's a good question. I don't know that. Yeah, I have to admit, I'm going to tell you something, Rick. I yeah. am. I may be done with Sanctuary. Really? Because they, because uh, the Invisible Girl, they killed her. They killed her. But not only that, this show get, handles its plotting so poorly, they couldn't even show us. Right. The fight of the invisible woman dying, you know, I mean, yeah. it was just sort of an off-camera death. And I'm like, what? Yeah, I didn't nothing really that. seems to matter to I didn't hear that, but you know what? I, and I'm not fighting on They're that. They're just happy not, to have jobs. I, I yeah. It looks like they just want to make some cast changes because they brought in this new woman to be Okay, yeah, I haven't seen that, but, you know, and they showed and, – and then they had the, the Bigfoot, like, for three episodes saying, I'm not going to take the medication. Yeah. I'm not going to – on my people, and then they never deal with that, and then right. go. Phoom, he takes the antidote and goes. Sorry, I was late. Yeah, was late. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I was respecting the choice. The one that the one that has gotten better in the second season is Fringe. Fringe, they okay. have amped up incredibly, and I'm um, catching up on. Fringe. Are you getting caught up? Because yes. I'm it, catching up on that. Yeah, it's it's a slow burn through the first season. Not bad, but what in the second, the last episode of the first season and the first couple episodes of this season, it's just been. Well, once I heard that it got good. really weird, like it wasn't just going to be X Files, but yeah. there'd actually be some really oh, this cool great, stuff. There's great like, dialogue okay, too. There's just once we confirmed they actually knew where they were going, <laughs> unlike X Files. Sure. Yeah. 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 So well, once once Spock showed up from an alternate universe, which I just read about, I was like, <laughs> okay, I'm in, I'm yeah. in, sold. And Stargate Universe, um, boy, it's it may be building to something, but it's having a little trouble getting there. It it just it still feels like a dark, grungy, haunted house spaceship. Have we of, have we ruined television for you, Rick? Have we made you more critical? No, this is I I. I liked the original Stargate. I liked, and I thought that they did a good bridge from the movie to the TV show. Um, I liked what they did when they did Atlantis, although I really thought the premise when I heard about it originally was laughable. But it, when you take an organization and you put them someplace in peril and they're no longer connected to the supporting organization anymore and they have to like deal Voyager. with things. Like Voyager. Well, Voyager had promise and they screwed it up. I absolutely did. Um, but – this this has taken Atlantis to the nth degree. They're in a spaceship that's out of control and breaking down and on an autopilot, and they're out billions of miles away, literally billions of miles away from Earth. And they're Earth. out of toilet paper. And, and you know, are, that's a serious. Are they trying to get I home? don't even know if there are toilets on this ship. <laughs> it's like they're just hanging out. They walk around a lot. Um, they finally showed somebody in a bed. Worst the smelling other day. airlock and, ever. Yeah, we have <laughs> seriously, seriously. But and we're uh, out of gin. <laughs> oh. I'm just gonna flush myself out the airlock. <laughs> yeah. So um, that said, fringe. Uh, okay. Go fringe. Go fringe. Now, did you did you guys catch the college humor of the Batman uh, thing this week? Nope. Go to the website because I've been posting these things. Um, I saw the link. I didn't follow it. Yeah. Batman. Uh, Batman oh, pulling oh, our a vanishing website? act. Yes. Oh, okay. Batman, yeah. Uh, okay. From College Humor, Batman pulling a vanishing act and not working. I, I think you, in particular, <laughs> it's just it's just short enough to hold your attention all the way through, and I think you will laugh every, every time he tries it. Hmm, it's, right. He's not pulling the. Van- can I? Uh, since we mentioned Batman yet again, can yeah. I, Can I just say that I have. 1,000 points of accomplishments on, on Batman. Very good. Right. Full accomplishments. Someday Woo! I'll have time to play this Very game. Nice. Very nice. Um, yeah. I applaud you, sir. The other one, uh, the other you, one you, that I'm you, running. You finally, I remember the day you passed me in accomplishments, yes. 
the other thing we're I'm running on the site, uh, G4 started an animated series for Halloween, uh, Slasher School. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have the first two chapters, first oh. two episodes up on the website. For some reason, G4 is including us in this, and I'm very excited. Nice. Because it's actually funny, even though it's running on Attack of the Show, and you know... Well, it, I mean, it was a, a live-action skit they had going for a little bit before. Was it? Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah. that. See, uh, the, that Blair would require Butler me watching Attack of the, the Show. was uh, the prom queen Carrie character. Uh-huh. And, uh, you know, it was... She's so, actually not. She's Mary Lou from uh, uh, Prom Night. Oh, oh okay. All right. But, yeah. Um and then just seeing all the people dressed up as the homicidal killers in there, like the clown with the syringe fingers. I love that. It was hilarious. So, okay, so I didn't realize that. So it's an animated series there that there's indicating out to websites. So How can we parlay this into Morgan Webb's phone number? I, I don't know. But I don't know if you noticed, uh, in the last issue, the most recent issue, and Michael hasn't seen this, the most recent issue of Booster Gold, Booster Gold is late for a blind date with a woman he met on the internet named Blair. And Blair Butler was on the cover. No, it is, yeah, it's no question that, it's, that that they're setting it up that Booster Gold is dating Blair Butler. Ridiculous. I hate them both. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why, but the writers at DC really seem to like Blair Butler. Why not? Yeah. Why not? I mean, you know, attractive young lady. She's an attractive young lady who reads comic books and she's knowledgeable about them. Why are they so obsessed? Is my question. You know why. <laughs> they want to clone her. <laughs> <laughs> or just build robots of her. I don't think clone is the verb I was going to go okay, for. Okay, fine. Um, Todd. There's something involving reproduction that's there. Yes. Are we done? <laughs> we are. I alluded. You cut right to the point. I, I have to. It's the <laughs> Halloween episode. Let's get scary. Uh, wait. Shop Boy is going to bring up a topic. I, I am. Um, new business. Well, old business. For those of you that caught Sunday Are we following parliamentary Shop rules of procedure? This, Robert's this rules. Is, this is Halloween tied in. So on Sunday's episode of Castle, uh, Mondays. Uh, oh, my, whatever. Mondays. Whenever, I, I, I have no concept. Yeah. No, it's good time. because this this will be timing yeah. properly for those who do pit and download on. Sunday. It was last. Yeah. It was last Monday's. Episode. Oh, was it last right, Monday's? Right. At, at the, too uh, late. At the beginning of uh, the newest Castle, Nathan Fillion is dressed up as a quote unquote space cowboy. Who is clearly Captain Mal? I He's even dressed think, as Captain Mal. I think Reynolds. it's the same guy. Oh, that's gun. great. I'd be, I'm a little and, behind uh, on Castle. And so. his daughter on the show is like, Dad, didn't you wear that same thing like five years ago? So it's just a <laughs> it's total, a good series. It's a total I, I enjoy it. I enjoy it. Serenity there was also a, a Buffy reference too, right? Yeah, I think so. I, see, I haven't caught up. I, I'm actually catching up again. Magic Man Box delivered season one, uh-huh. and. I, I'm digging that show. Yeah. And part of me, though, is disappointed that it's going to take that finding. Nathan Fillion, people are going to know who he is because Not of a murder some, mystery, yeah, yeah. you know. But for what it is, that weekly detective show with the clever little romantic attention, it's really well written. It's he's a good better. comic actor. I mean, he's Well, he announced he wants to be the greatest American hero. And I think oh. I would totally be okay with that. Oh, Tim will be torn in half by that. Why? Who's the other half? Well, no, Tim. Tim loves Nathan Fillion, <laughs> but he hates the greatest American hero. Uh, so there's a chance to convert, right? Tim oh, Watson. Tim Watson. Maybe he just hates uh, William Cat. Excuse me, I have to go and rip out somebody's spine, a la Mortal Kombat. Yeah. All right. So anyway, TM. No, it's all right. Um, uh, anyway, so if you have any questions, comments, compliments, commentary, suggestions. If you're Sharnel, recipes. Right into editor recipes. That would be good. Get more shop boy. That's good. 
Yeah, there's mm, like that was crying weird. out from the oh, crowd. Oh, and let's hear at the end again. We can still give away. I've still got copy a copy of Mad with Wonder, the uh, Wonderland Chronicles. The Hatterim. The Hatterim uh, graphic novel. We've only had one entry so far <laughs> in that giveaway. That was Shop Boy, who didn't even wait for the podcast to be posted before he sent the entry in. That's illegal. I know. Before we re- actually finished That's recording. Speculation. Before That's we had actually illegal. finished recording the podcast, he had emailed an entry. So I have a copy. I know we have more listeners than Shop Boy because we've gone up in the uh, iTunes ratings a little bit. That's good. Yeah. Uh, not only do uh, I have that, I, I will throw in, I think I may have found a copy of the previous Hatter M oh. hardback. So I will throw in both. Both Hatter M graphic novels. Just to someone shop who will, boy from Rickety. To who will well because it's just not ethical. Who is ineligible? Well, he's ineligible. I don't have ethics. He, well, he did. He did at least put it in his bop choy. So I was a little confused. Uh, bop choy. Just as apparently, you know, I've had an entry for a contest from. I don't know how to pronounce Brett Schneider backwards, but that's what it was. Red and Hesterber. Uh, yeah. It, it scares me that he knows. I'm, she practices in the mirror. So anyway, right in. Enter the contest. Say you want these fantastic Frank Better graphic novels. Get him to say it two more times. Potentially. Uh, and he'll disappear for 90 days. Yeah. I need him to produce next week's podcast. Anyway, so that's it. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. If you want to enter the contest and say you want the Hatter M, say you want the Hatter M. That's all. That's all you have to do. Come on, people. Editor at fanboyplanet.com. Thank you. You say it so much more calmly than I do this week. This is Derek McCaw, editor-in-chief of fanboyplanet.com. I'm Michael Goodson. I'm Chris the Shop Boy. And I'm Rick Brett Snyder reminding you to use your powers only for good. It's the comment fairy. And thanks once again to the great Luke Ski for use of his music in this podcast. Visit Luke Ski at www.lukeski.com. You fanboy, you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, are you guys to talk about uh, Nathan Fillion dressing up as Captain Mal on the Halloween episode of Castle? I haven't seen the Halloween. Is it? Has it been broadcast yet? Uh, yeah, it was on Sunday. And at the very beginning, Nathan Fillion's putting on potential costumes, and he's like, "I'm a space cowboy," and he's so Captain Mal. And his daughter in the show's like, "Did you go as that like five years ago?" That's good. That's cute. Maybe he had a gun too. Mm-hmm. He had a he had a gun. Okay, why am I not hearing? I think it's unplugged. Yeah, that's cool. Not unplugged in. There we go. No amount of okay. no amount of knob twiddle, twiddling was going to bring sound into my headphones. You're not plugged in. And I'm not plugged in. What's wrong? Ah. Okay. You talk about the blackest night rings coming out next week. Which one? Blackest night rings. The yellow one. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. The rollout begins. Which one comes first? The yellow one. The Doom Doom Patrol, Patrol, I think. Doom Patrol. Uh, we've got 
a lot of gain on something. There we go. Gain, gain, gain. Take the gain down. Take the levels up. And take the gains back down. There we go. Boy, that's an awesome Wrath of the Lich King Stein. <laughs> he knows when you are sleeping. He knows when you're awake. He knows if you've been bad or good. So, Adam. Are we having a Halloween party this week? No. Good. Don't you. Yeah. yeah. You. Nice pipes. Huh? Nice pipes. Nice pipes. The golden pipes. I used to pipes. sing a lot. Then I discovered I could make money in other ways. <laughs> and stop singing. No, you just treat straight paper backs a lot better. Than your daughter? You know, you, your your wife is going to think you've got a lipstick on your collar. My wife won't see me for days. Well, eventually. There's old lipstick on your collar. Okay. You'll hear this podcast. I'll blame Lon. This bit's going nowhere. You'll blame Lon. It's not his shade. <laughs> That's right. You've had to explain that to Debbie. Uh, huh. <laughs> Monday night. How was that burger? Um, what? <laughs> so now let's we'll see if there's an explanation. Uh, this is worth mentioning. I might have. I don't remember. Is that uh, unknown soldier? Or yes, what is it? Pat's, uh, Atacioni, the artist now. This is his American debut. He's a Congolese artist. He's a oh, a Congolese artist. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, so, so yeah. did. Uh, yeah. But if I put David in there, so check it out. Did uh, Mr. Dysart discover him when he was over there? I don't know. Interesting style. It's not too much of a deviation from the previous no, style, but it's a little flatter, almost a little iconic. I, uh, Reminds me a little you bit you of. Want to uh, on to this reaction to okay. for the podcast itself. I'm trying to remember the name of the guy who. Uh, where? What's his name? Uh, Rich Ware. Something. Uh, old Jimmy uh, Corrigan. Oh, nice. World's Chris Ware. Chris Ware. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Oh yeah. No, that's Dash of Chris Ware. Bring some samples. Mm -hmm. As soon as we walked in, I was. You guys don't drink beer. I went down there and you're like, you really got it today. Bring your samples. No more news that I can think of. Necrotia. Necrotia, no, any movies wise. Yeah. Oh, Marvel movies? Yeah, I just there's Green Lantern was going to do one of these. We knew Doc Savage, Machine Black. Doc Savage, yes, Doc Savage. So next week, Steve, is next week the Batman Doc Savage crossover coming out? I don't know. I don't think so. I was expecting it well, this November week. Well, November is next week. I think it's still two weeks I'm away. I'm terribly yeah. disappointed. It might be three weeks away. Just saying, I have I, I did my FOC on it, I think, last week, so okay. it's probably two more weeks. Okay. What was the other one? You asked the first one? No, you said it was the Batman, Batman Doc Savage crossover. The crossover. That was one. Yeah. 
You guys are two characters in the same book. I know. I don't think Steve got that. Can you believe it? Oh, sacrilege! <laughs> you just said that to make Steve a, to make Rick upset, didn't you? No, I just wanted to get a a, a rise out of him. I didn't order that. I need only fifty of them. It's a Batman title. We're going to lobotomize you. You don't get get Batman, so I wouldn't pull one for you. You know, I do get Batman and Robin, and I get Detective, and I get Batman Batman Darkest Night right now. There's no Batman Darkest Night. It's done. Blackest Night. Blackest Night. Darkest Night. Blackest Night. I got that in past tense. I don't get Batman. Batman Confidential. I don't get Batman Confidential. I don't get any of the ones. It's got too many syllables in it. I don't get it. Batman and Robin. That's all I get. That's the most syllables. No widening gyre. Gyre. No. Gyre. No. Gyre. Unseen. That's pretty close. That's, that's nope. real. No. Only two syllables. No. I like the Morrison and uh, quietly look on. You have somebody else drawing Batman and Robin now. Still looks the same. We haven't looked at the inside. That's the one that the guy yesterday oh. came out. He was drinking the covers. Frank Whitey still tasted it. Okay. That's awesome. Oh, yeah. Fresh fresh beer is is wonderful. It's when it gets bottled and sent across. And now here's before. Steve Semenity for fresh beer. <laughs> fresh <laughs> beer is wonderful. It is. It's Kids, <laughs> drink your beer. You After a hard day beer. at school. <laughs> if you're going to drink beer, make it make hard it fresh day beer. That's what, that's like, put it in your lunch. Sounds like a disturbed version of Lake Wobegon. That's part of the company that worked for. That's you know. nice. That what a great desi- what a great description for us. Yeah, we should have that now. We are the disturbed version of yeah. Lake Wobegon. Oh, I hear elusive comics and games where all the men are substandard and all the women yeah. like them that way. <laughs> that's, part, that's part of my job. We actually do the Gordon Biersch restaurants. And I was telling Steve about looking at their distilleries last yesterday. Are you working? I was telling like, as I met the guy who mixes up, he's sitting there drinking the beer. You have a bad job for anybody who wants to be on a diet. You go in there and fix food stuff, and then what are they going to do? Hey, you want a beer? stick around, have actually, a beer. That guy actually did. He's like, have some barbecue. Did they give you barbecue for no. fixing them? No? no. Did but, you uh, hint that you would have eaten barbecue if they had given no. it to him? Basically, really? basically, I've been told that if they offer, you can accept, uh, but don't sit there and Don't ask, stand there with your hand out. Them. Yeah. Okay. Like today, we do Marie counters as well. We changed out a coil on one of their pie display cases. Yeah. And she's all like, do you guys want pie? No, but I'd like some of that uh, pasta carbonara you guys have. <laughs> no, I, I don't Maybe yeah. a glass of wine. Well, we got, so we got a whole pot of lamb ring pie. That's pretty good. Did you bring it here? No. no. I didn't no. It. The, the guy who, uh, who was training me took it. What's the job now? Who are you working for? I work for, uh, they call us Refrigeration Technical Services. They do uh, all major restaurant chains, and they do, like, everything in the, the restaurant. That includes the electrical, the uh, stoves, everything. Cool. Yeah. Glad you have a job. I do. I'm glad I have a job. I'm actually making more money now than I was at my last job, getting 27 an hour. And this, they don't slow down. Cool. Hey, the air conditioning just cut out. <laughs> I was trying to cut it out on the board, and it just it stopped. Nice. And now it's back. I'm hearing something. I'm hearing Steve. Steve's gassy. Sounds Which like we'll call him. We'll call him Streaky. Streaky. Steve. We. 
Okay, shop boy, you want to be an emergency on mic personality? Um, maybe. Maybe. Uh, we can't, you know, this is a yes or no answer. Steve. He does need to work. He's been sitting on that couch for the last. Shop boys, either this or just or, or married that girlfriend. One act of commitment tonight. One act. Wow. What act or is it Act one. Act. Oh, it's Act one of an endless play. Act one. Well, what is there for me to do? I can't update the Amazon listings while you're doing FOC. Well, you can help people so I can finish my FOC. Well, there were. <laughs> there were. Would you lure in that I cute girl that's outside looking? While you were reading your thing and until I, you finally, I bag and until you finally came up and looked and said, Mr. Borden, he said, no, Would you walk away from the door, Steve? Look there's inviting. A, there's there's a attractive girl. people coming this way, oh, and you are just screwing are this up. Because I am opening the door for them. Because Very good. Because you're working? Working is a use, a loose term. All right. We've lost shop boy. I knew we would. There were customers. Adam, you want to be on the mic? I can't. You got a hockey game? Under terms of his new uh, new job, Adam cannot actually comment on comics, movies, or television. Because? Publicly. Uh, because. Uh, I don't know. He's working on it. Because he got a free pie today. Um, okay. Well, let's get this party started, it's and we can have people jump on. It's and just say, you and I. Well, it's everybody in the store too. He can't help that. That's all right. Just you and I. Yeah. Say, so, have you been reading the Brave and the Bold? Have you caught up with um, the J. Michael Straczynski? Right? No, I'm way behind in Brave and the Bold. Okay. Not that it matters. It's interesting. He's trying to update the Bob Haney days. Yeah. Everything's out of continuity. It all has like these weird moral messages. Nice. Are there fruit pies? No, but that would be great. <laughs> a whole story based on stolen fruit pies. That was in um, Spider-Man Human Torch. Dan Slott put the fruit pies in the continuity. But it's such a good thing. It's not like people don't repeat things. I, I give you uh, zombies. Can you imagine? Ironically. What's going on with the crochet? How can they think they could just Ironically, do that? I was a zombie today. You, I, I'm not surprised. You have a little bit of snits right on the neck mm-hmm. right there. I slashed my throat open. It was really cool. and oh. puked everybody out. So those I, those latex things, do you use those? The uh, Oh, like the whooshies or? The, I mean, like gashes and stuff. Uh, no, I made my own gash. Okay. I mean, they never look right to me. I mean, you look, it looks like, oh, it's a stuck on. Yeah, well, today it was a rush job. I like, ended up having like 20 minutes to do it. So Saturday we're having a couple of people over for board game costuming night, and I'm doing I'm doing myself as a zombie in transition. Wait, so, so let me get this straight. Okay. You're only having a couple people over. Yes. But you're still going to do costumes. Yes, just to satisfy Debbie. Okay. She's got all of her costume stuff out of storage. A couple people are coming over, not costume, and she's going to dress them up. We didn't have a girl. We only had a boy. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, my, I'm going to do a zombie in transition. So I'm going to do the, the bite marks on the neck, yeah. and I'm going to have it spreading gray. I'm going to have it like going gray across my face like this. I'll do one eye, and yeah. I'll do the mouth. Oh, that's Because yeah. I'm I lazy. Did, I, did slash, I did a slash. I did a slash. And then I put pieces of flesh to peel throughout the day. Oh, good. And then, did, you know, had libidity. Did you creep out any little girls? 
A lot. Good. In fact, there was one girl in the front row of my English class. Did you shed just, on any of them? It was just like, stop looking at me. And I go, no, seriously, stop. I'm here to help your brains. So I walked in and said, I'm hungry for brains. You're all safe. Nobody got it. Nobody would. Nobody got <laughs> it. So, I had a, shall we begin? Yeah. I'll uh, lead in. Hey, Shop Boy, why don't you do the announcement? Listen up, fanboys. The Fanboy there you Planet go. Podcast. Do you want to do, do that? Do you know how to do it? Can you be lawn? Can you be lawn for two minutes? What am I saying? Your hair is much silkier. It's Listen up, fanboys. It's a Fanboy Planet podcast. That's all you have to say. I know. You have to, you have to do the – and here he is. That's right. Your host. Well, you have to there's – a, there's a, there's, we have to have something oh, yeah. for him to say. What the uh, our own four color, full four color, our four color fiend. I don't know. I don't this know. is our Halloween podcast. We don't even do anything special for Halloween. Yeah, we this killed Lon. We killed an eight. Lon. Our own zombie That's lord. Scary. Our own yeah. zombie yeah. lord. Yes, I could be zombie lord. Can there you go. Zombie lord. Lord of the undead. This is intimidating. I'm gonna mess up. I'll do it. Yay! Okay. <laughs> go back behind the counter, shop boy. Yes, master. I don't hear that often enough. Go ahead. 